Growing up is not easy. Growing old seems to happen. That is why you are listening now. Weekly Omaro. Hello. Welcome back. I'm recording during the day, which is very strange for me. That's probably why I come across right now as a little bit more rushed. Because I'm not really tired. (laughs) So I think I found what's going on with me. Let me put this in context for those who don't know. I'm planning to go to Portugal and see a friend that I met online two years ago, a year ago, something like that. And he told me he uh, couldn't see me anymore because he had a boyfriend now. I felt betrayed. I felt sad. I know feeling betrayed um, maybe wasn't the right place or the right situation for it, but I felt betrayed anyway. Then I had a date that didn't go so well. That all spiraled into a... That mixed together spiraled into a negative... uh, A negative downfall and collapse, pretty much, of my own sexual identity. Oh, and another thing, I also fell in love with a woman. While I'm identifying as gay... That's all very, very confusing. All that together is so confusing. And I think I found the answer. I've been looking around and thinking about how dates used to go. How even casual dates would go. And then I noticed something. Most of the dates I've been with were friends. Were friends or some type of relationship before. It was some type of mutual interest. Mutual investment. Just now I I was on a gay chat site. To be honest, was looking for a date. But that conversation I had with that guy kind of reflected back at everything I've been thinking. I'm not going on that date because I'm talking to you now. That's one of the reasons why I kept looking online. Like, what is this? What is this feeling? 
and I stumbled upon something, which is the call, term called demisexual. Now, of course, everybody has its own interpretation of demisexual, but even the general definition kind of applies to me. That means I'm not a sexual being, or that I have half the sex, no. It means that you need to have some type of emotional connection where you feel before you feel sexually attracted to someone. This explains why friendships were confusing, and also why... Um, the way my sexual experiences were, were so familiar and not estranged, not freaky, as they would say. Because I knew the guys. I had a conversation with them. I would chat with them for at least two weeks before I met them. And... If it didn't go so well, then I would not meet them. This explains a lot. And this might also explain why I feel sexual attraction to sometimes women. Because I feel emotionally invested with them in them if the friendship is reciprocated that's a huge turnoff for me not having any type of reciprocation and I never really understood why that is so was so important there were guys in the world that would just have sex even though nothing was reciprocated In my experience, in my world, that just didn't fly. So I think I know what's going on. And it helps me. It helps me a lot. It helps me um, how to approach people. It helps me to see the things that I saw as flaws are actually not flaws. They're just a part of me not being a flaw. Not having any type of um, defect. It makes me at peace more. It does bring another layer of difficulty. I'm already unwanted by many, undesired for being Asian, for being overweight. 
I mean, if you look at my pictures, I have a cute face. I'm confident enough to say that I have a cute face. But nobody likes me. Well, well, correction. No, I don't want to comb everyone in the same direction. People that I prefer don't like me. And people that I prefer are generally not over 40. Or over 45, actually. And that's probably why I sometimes, maybe on the down low, fantasized about my friends. Well, just one friend. But he's hot. I mean, he's seriously hot. I mean, every guy drools over him. If he passes by, and if I'm with him, and um, there are women and men passing by, they always look back. They don't look at me, they look at him. I feel less pretty being around him. But I'm not worried about that. I mean, having him as a friend is, is, is important to me. We went through some rough times separately. And we got together as friends. It's so tough. It's so, so tough. Because demisexuals take their time because we need that time. I'm already talking the we. We need that time. We need to bond with you. Without the bonding, there is no, there's basically no sex. What to do now? <laughs> seems so obvious. It seems so simple. I know how I need to approach people. And I might even put it on my listing that I'm just Demi. I might put it on Twitter. I might do that. Because I sometimes do, and I know if my parents will listen to it, that it's news to them. But I sometimes have sex the kinky way. BDSM, BDSM style. And I thought that would help. And it does. It helped me in realizing that I really need a bond of trust. A bond of trust with you bond of trust in myself that I can cater to you and you can cater to me that what that's what attract me so much into that attracts me so much into BDSM the connection the lines of safety you have to talk about 
the assessment of sanity. The consensual be the consensualness of it all. That's all in BDSM, uh, at least if you follow a certain protocol. I know not everybody follows that protocol, but most people do. And with those people, I feel safe. I feel safe being myself. I feel safe having sex. It's complicated. Life has always been weird. And figuring out if I was gay or not, figuring out where I belong in the gay community, which apparently was no- nowhere. That's why I just budged in between somewhere. I made my own space. Then expressing my geeky side the last 10 years. Falling in a different community. And then discovering my kinky side. And now, from my kinky side, I am have to discover my demi-side. Who said that life is boring? Even if you've never been across the border, it does not have to be boring. You just have to be intelligent enough to talk to yourself about what's going on, what's been happening to you, how do you feel about it, and how do you want to change the things you don't like. How do you explain what pains you and where do you place it in your heart or in your mind where it's not going to hurt anything else anymore? Yeah. Who said that life was not exciting? Well... I did once, but that's a long, long time ago. Well, there's not much I can say. It's, um, as usual, a very open conversation. And I hope you learned a little bit about yourself listening to me. Yeah. Because sometimes it's the best to learn from somebody who's going through it. Just to watch how it should not be done or could be done. Getting to this conclusion was a difficult road because it was a combination of chatting, reflecting, and looking up stuff online. 
it always starts with you. Sifting through your own past. Being honest about your own feelings. And getting that reflected back by others. That's why it's so important to talk to people. Because if you talk to people, you learn a lot about yourself. That's really, that's really underestimated by many. You can learn a lot from your own conversation with someone else. And it doesn't have to be a psychiatrist. It can be just someone on the street you meet. It can be a family member who says something that, like, gives you a light bulb moment. It could be something that you read and you confirm, and then all of a sudden, you get a new piece of information. It's a path. We all walk. There are a couple of tools that we have to use to get better, to get improvements, to evolve. I hope you liked the episode. I did. Just leave me a good review. That's the only thing I can ask from you. I wish everybody a nice a nice day, a good night, and an exciting night. If you can party, of course. You've been listening to Weekly Omaro, the companion podcast of the YouTube channel Omaro's Weekly. If you like the content, please consider sponsoring me on patreon.com slash omarosweekly.com.